We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in possible. Who you do business with is more important than where they're located. Bank from the comfort of your own home with M-Prize Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory Podcast with Ken Swanson, Craig Stout, and Matt Lane. Coming to you on the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. You can find all of our channels covering all the local teams wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. Just search KCSN. And now, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. It's the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank, member FDIC. It is the conference championship edition of the KC Laboratory. Maddie Lane, I'm, I'm here with Maddie and Craig, but Maddie, how much you bench? Buddy, not as much as your volume decibels are right now because you are coming in hot. Uh, you know, I'm hyped. I can tell. This is why you're going around asking everybody how much they bench. Yeah. Vegas changes you, Craig. It does. We get here. This is the second day that Ken's been here, and he's going around asking everybody how much they bench. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it, it's. So if you see him ask Dorian Thompson Robinson or, you know, anybody that we interview how much you bench, just don't, just don't worry go with it. it. Yeah. Do you think when they bench, they activate their pectoral muscles? I don't. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button if you're watching. Appreciate everybody hanging out here. Um, we are beyond excited to be covering a football game yeah. right now. Uh, this is uh, this is pretty surreal. Again, we are back in Vegas for another Chiefs Bengals AFC Championship. This is our game preview episode. We're going to be kind of breaking down all things Chiefs Bengals. Uh, as the Chiefs get ready for just an absolutely massive game. Uh, yeah, and I think the big storyline that everybody's kind of talking about and we'll be talking about until the game is Patrick Mahomes, his ankle, uh, his high ankle, how much it's going to affect him, all that kind of good stuff. And that's really going to be one of the biggest, if, if it's, it's the biggest question mark in this football game. I mean, there's, there's a couple other ones that matter, but I think this is the big one we're all paying attention to is, okay, what kind of mobility are we going to expect? How much is this ankle injury going to affect him that's that's the biggest storyline here Matthew for sure uh and so you know as we're recording this now the last bit of information that we have kind of gotten is uh using stairs with the right foot <laughs> skipping spinning all things are pointing towards he's at least 100% going to play I think mm -hmm. we very much know that and there seems to be more mobility than I think a lot of people were anticipating going into this as of right now it's still a few days out there can always be a setback or there can be more improvement. So we don't know yet, but it seems like things are trending towards he will not be extremely limited yeah. in his mobility. He might still be limited a little bit, but like, I, I, don't, I got the feeling right now watching him move, walk and stuff. I think he is going to be good enough on that foot. He's going to be mobile enough that, I, mean, I don't know if you really have to change much at this point in time. It seems like he's trending towards being able to move all right. Yeah, and I like that the protocol for getting him, you know, making sure that he's moving well are the same things that I do with my one and a half year old. You know, <laughs> well, he's spinning and he's skipping <laughs> and he's able to go upstairs. It's like, well, good. So I, you know, but no, it's good to see because I think we were all very legitimately worried that Patrick LeVon Mahomes was going to be a statue in the pocket and was not going to be able to move effectively. Um, we'll see. He might still be a little bit limited, but it's not going to be to the extent that maybe some of us thought, maybe even Vegas thought. 
you know, we've seen the line shifted a lot as he's basically full practice two days in a row now at the time of this recording. So I do think that we're going to see as full of a Patrick Mahomes performance as we possibly could because, you know, it, it still could be limited, but it's not going to be to the point where he's going to be a sitting duck back there where the Bengals are going to be able to just tee off because he's going to be sitting in the same spot all game long. I think they're going to move the pocket. And I think they're going to get him on the move some. And I, I think he's going to be as close to Patrick Mahomes as we see. It's the stark contrast between us talking on Monday and now <laughs> is ridiculous yeah. because we're sitting there kind of looking at this, you know, what's going on. And we're talking uh, no under center. Uh, we're saying, I mean, there's not, they're not going to be able to do much. And we're, we're no having rollouts, no sprint no rollouts, yep. no sprint. I mean, so many different things. We're just throwing these scenarios out because two days prior to Monday, he's under center, literally hopping oh. to the, to the mesh point uh, from in under center runs. And it's a predictable play because they're not running play action out of it. They're not booting him. I mean, that's not happening. So, but then we get to today and there's very limited access that the media is going to have to practice but the opening teams or the opening takeoff session uh you know uh segment of practice Mahomes is handing the ball off under center mm -hmm. you know and so you see all that and you go okay he's made of of, of an element that's that doesn't exist exist on the he's periodic table he's like legitimately an alien mm -hmm. because this man is you know what he's done in such a short amount of time to show that level of mobility two times uh, already a full participant in practice now that has come out. He's a full participant yet again. Uh, it's just remarkable. So I guess, you know, we kind of look at it and say, okay, so, I mean, do we think that they're changing the game plan at all? Do we think they're tweaking it at all, Matthew? Tweaks, yes. Changes, no. Yeah. I think, I still don't think you're going to call a lot of sprint outs. I still don't think you, you might get him on a, a hard play action from under center where it's like a half rollout and you're coming into a stop to deliver the ball. But I don't think you're trying to call actual full rollouts to the sideline. I don't know about the sprint outs. Maybe not an option play to kick off the game this, this week or a one-legged option play. I, I think there will be small tweaks, but I don't think you have to dial back anything else. Just based on what we've seen without you know having a good idea, it looks like he can plant on it a little bit. It looks like he can create a little bit of torque, put some pressure through it just based on the things that we've seen. So I think that opens up the vertical passing attack, anything out to the side. Like I think everything throwing the ball is there. I just think there might be some limitations on how – frequently maybe you ask him to do a sprint out maybe it'll still be in there you need a third and three that you have to have and you know you can't run it because the chiefs can't run the ball in third and short mm -hmm. maybe the sprint out is now still in the playbook it's just not something that you can rely on like they have at times this year and i think the part that you mentioned about him being able to throw everything that you want was the part that i that i personally was probably the most worried about is he going to be able to plant and drive is he going to be able to throw the ball with the kind of velocity that we expect we have seen at times this season the only thing to really stop Patrick Mahomes from being, you know, on this upper tier is when he's been in, been unable to throw with his full base. And if he can do that, if that's something that I said in practice today, oh yeah, Andy said, yep, he's able to plant, he's able to drive, he's able to throw the ball the way that we would expect him to. So if that's the case, then yeah, then you're good to go. Like th those are the ones that really matter, especially if the Bengals are going to sit a little bit back, they're going to try and force you to be patient and take everything underneath. If he's able to drive everything to the spots where he needs to underneath, it's good. You got the game plan right there. You can still execute a lot of the things that you would expect. And then he can drop back in the pocket, still be able to throw with some velocity, still get and touch down the field. Great. Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm blown, again, just blown away what we've, what we've seen to this point. Like, and yeah, it's, it's, it's wildly impressive. Um, you know, and we, we talk a little bit about like some of the tweaks and some like I, there's still a level of elevation to uh, the, the rest of this of the supporting cast around Patrick Mahomes. Like, I think the burden is still it's still going to fall on that offensive line. Like, that's one of the things mm -hmm. that I think we're you know, you're going to look at here. The, the Bengals are one of the worst at pressuring the quarterback. Their pressure rates are not or their sack percentages. They're, they're not like the most elite pass rush, um, you know, when it comes like you look at some of the numbers, but that doesn't mean anything in a game like this yeah. this is you know that you still have the, the burden still going to fall on this offensive line to step up and, and kind of elevate their game both in pass protection obviously but like in the run game if they can get the run game going a little bit going that, that can kind of support patrick mahomes in a big way as well
some of the issues that the Chiefs have had with the Bengals is the the offensive line's been beat up in these games. Like mm-hmm. the, the Bengals defensive line, the Bengals front seven has played better than the Chiefs offensive line has. And for a team that maybe doesn't produce the most pressures, they do a pretty good job of converting those to sacks. They do a really good job of converting pressures in the later part of the play, like getting pressure late in the play, staying home staying responsible to their run gaps, playing assignment sound football. So that's where they have found the most success against the Chiefs is when plays do break down and then Mahomes is trying to turn into that magic that we all love. That's what the Bengals really thrive for. The only guy that gets a ton of instant pressure is Trey Hendrickson. Mm -hmm. And even then it's still, he's just not like your traditional, I'm going to win in two and a half seconds kind of rusher. So it's there for the Chiefs offensive line to have a good game. It's very much a possibility, but they have they don't have a good track record versus this Bengals defensive line. And now we are dealing with Mahomes, who we don't think is going to be severely limited, but a little bit. Mm-hmm. You don't want him running for his life 24-7. So that goes into the coaching staff to get the ball out of his hands. But the offensive line, they got to play better this time around versus the Bengals than they have the last three times. Especially against the three-man rush. Like, that's the part. The Bengals are one of the most effective three-man rush teams in the league. And part of that is because they do it all the time. You know, there's not a ton of teams yeah. that are relying heavily on the three-man rush in the same way the Bengals are. So they've got to do a much better job of not allowing pressures, even late in the rep. Like, if you got three on five, you have to win that every single time. It doesn't matter if Patrick's drifting out of the back of the pocket. It doesn't matter if he's stepping up through the pocket. You've got to do your job and make sure that you can seal off all of those guys and don't allow any pressure in those looks that is what has killed the chiefs that is what killed patrick mahomes that drop eight coverage where you've got guys flooding the secondary it takes longer to kind of find the seams in those zones find the seams find the areas of the field that he can actually target effectively and if he's not able to do that because he's constantly getting pressure in his face with three individuals like it's a bad day it's a it's a bad bad time so they have to do a much better job than they have recent history against the Bengals in that regard. I do think that Mahomes has gotten better against that three-man rush, though, yes. too. And like, mm-hmm. I think that's something you got to take into consideration as well. And you look at the totality of the season, you look at you know what the Bills were able to do to him a little bit. What was his response? He was a lot better hanging in the pocket a couple of weeks following that Bills game mm-hmm. where they were trying to flush him. And, and once he got flushed, they had someone ready there to kind of chase him down. Well, Mahomes' response was, okay, fine, watch me. And he went and stuck in the pocket. He hung out, hung a little bit lo- longer the next couple weeks. I think that's going to be one of those things. It's like he's going to have to be a little bit more intentional about operating from the pocket this week. And I think he probably knows that. I don't think you want him moving too much. You don't want him running around. And, I, you know, I think there's probably going to be some plays that he burns a little bit more frequently. Like the, 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 the number of plays he burns was probably – it'll probably still look not entirely like what we saw against the Jaguars in the second half. But – I think there are going to be some moments where he's kind of got to burn the football a little bit and be a little bit more smart about that. You know, the, the, one of the conversations, like when we're talking about all this stuff and I probably should have brought it up earlier, but like, I'm thinking about like, okay, we're going to try to protect Mahomes a little bit better. You, mm-hmm. you, get, you guys step up, you have a better game. He's gonna to have to operate in the pocket, like all these little elements. Um, it's going to be a big pain management thing for him on Sunday yeah. too. You know, and I, I think he kind of alluded to that a little bit. It's like, you know, we're going to have this ramp up Wednesday practices are easier than Thursday practices, you know, so this one's a little bit more intense. So hearing that he practiced as a full participant's really encouraging considering Mahomes yep. used Thursday as a pretty big benchmark for, mm-hmm. for all this. But it's all ramping up into that Sunday. And, and Sunday is going to be, you know, uh, it's pain management a little bit for him. But you, you hope that you mitigate how much he's got to respond with that ankle. And I think that's one of the big things with all these things that we're talking about, all these elements of the game. It's got to be a little bit of pain management. You got to help him manage it as much as he can. And that's certainly going to be a huge factor. I mean, and so then the other part of this, besides just the Chiefs side, you still kind of got to pass the ball on the Bengals defense, which is playing <laughs> yeah. very well, right? Yeah. So what, what are the Bengals defense doing so well to limit opposing offenses? And we kind of seen it against the Bills and the Chiefs. They just say, hey, take whatever you want underneath. Just have it. We'll rally to the football and tackle. And the Chiefs in this regular season matchup, they actually did that pretty well. They were a very efficient offense. Mm-hmm. Minus a fumble, a missed field goal. They were moving the ball consistently. They had a very efficient offensive performance. So you know Mahomes can do it. And I don't think, when I think back about that Bengals game, it wasn't him running around making all these crazy plays on the move. It was just methodically moving the ball up and down the field. That is something this Bengals defense gives you. That's how they want quarterbacks like Mahomes to try to beat you. Now, 
They will bait you. They will show too high and rotate into single high coverage. They will bring a Mike Hilton off the edge nonstop, even against the Chiefs. Like they will do a lot of stuff to bait you into these bad throws. Well, keep going. Just, I, just let, continue your thought. I just let you know I want to jump in next. No, okay, okay. Sorry. Uh, and so they just so like you just stop anytime I point my finger up. It's like well, you, we're in person. We can go back and forth. I know. We don't have to take turns. And I thought I know. You I just, in, and now I, you're just like, I was going to let you finish your thought. You're throwing me off. Well, now we're mm, if you don't have your thought. So you know. this is just like how the Bengals play defense. They just do a bunch of weird, annoying stuff like this <laughs> to try to fluster the, the Kansas City Chiefs offense. It's worth pinch off. <laughs> So, but anyway, the trick is going to be, we talk, we're going to talk about it when we get to the Chiefs defense, changing the picture on the Bengals offense. So the Bengals defense does try to do that. It's not necessarily as much post-snap rotation. It's just they pick some weird defenses, defensive schemes to run that game or calls to run that game. They mix it in. So the Chiefs will have to find ways to attack that defense. They will have to create some level of vertical stretch. The first time around, it was go, go balls to uh, MVS, and he caught two of them. And then I think he pulled off another uh, defensive pass interference on a third one. So they will have to create some kind of vertical stretch, but Mahomes going to have to be efficient. It's going to be that efficient moving the ball down the field with the short to intermediate passes. And with his mobility, that might be the best game plan for him. Kent, the floor is yours. Kent, I Grace would love us. to hear you talk what do you right got? now. You talked about Mike Hilton <laughs> and you talked about, you know, some of the like the nickel pressure sure and some of that overload stuff that they could potentially do to flush him. Like that's something you could see to them for them to test the mobility is like, let's bring a lot of pressure to one side and try to flush him out of the pocket. Let's bring some cat pressures and try to flush him out of the pocket, get him on the move. Like that is some things that like, I think you could see the Bengals try to execute just to try to get him, you know, running, you know, running off his spot a little bit, especially, you know, maybe even front side a little bit. So he's either got to throw into it or he's got to run away from it opposite, you know, and make it a little bit trickier on him uh, to try to kind of, you know, handle uh and handle that ankle and manage that ankle so like moving him off his spot i think is something that the Bengals could try to employ um, do, do we think that juju smith schuster who said that the game plan was fire do we think that he thinks that game plan is fire if it's we're just going to be efficient and operate underneath do we think that that i mean it features him do we I think, think that, do, we do we think, think do we think it's fire because juju's having a big game because they know they're going to try to take Travis yeah, Kelsey maybe. away maybe i mean <laughs> I, well lou anaromo even said it in his presser this week it's like yeah the the number one thing we got to make sure and i don't know if it was his presser it might have been on the pat mcafee show but you know same they thing. say same thing you know someone say well be. yeah you know. <laughs> yeah but saying basically when they do the ring around the rosy we just got to make sure we ca cover kelsey like that well, was that was his statement so yeah <laughs> Well, like, okay, it's, 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 it's logical. Hey, let's try to take away the best offensive weapon or one of the best offensive weapons in I mean, football <laughs> that got 14 targets last week. Travis Dalsey even said, it was like, I expected more bracket coverage against the Jaguars, yeah. and I didn't get it. It's like, okay, well, if you're just going to let me have it, I guess. Well, and, like, that was the safety blanket for Mahomes, too, yeah. in some big downs, like, just playing short and throwing underneath. Like, okay. That's that's something you probably are anticipating if you're the Chiefs, and that's something the Bengals should try to do. Hey, let's Mahomes is already uncomfortable. Let's make him more uncomfortable yep. by taking away his safety blanket. That's why you could say, hey, look, Juju Smith-Schuster, this is why the game plan is going to be fire and all that stuff. I, I I hadn't heard that quote yet, so I'm kind of I was kind of excited to hear that. He's excited. He, he is, uh, and yeah, I'm. I think that's a very good point. Is that if they're taking away Kelsey, you're going to design an offensive game plan around. Mahomes maybe not wanting to hold the ball for a long time, so that doesn't let you push the ball down the field. And Travis Kelsey being taken away, well, you know who's the next logical guy to kind of make up in some of this short to intermediate, quick passing game area? Juju Smith-Schuster. So like that, that would make a ton of sense. We've seen him still be effective even this past week on a back shoulder throw, actually getting a little vertical down the field. So I could see them having some stuff for Juju that does make him feel like it's a pretty good game plan. I like hearing that though. Either way, no matter what his rationale is, it lets you know that that Andy and Bienemy and Nagy they're, they're in there. They're scheming some stuff up. They're that's, working on things. Yeah, they're unloading the, the clip a little bit that, too. And I think that's the most important part is when we talk about that first Bengals game. And I don't think it's stressed enough. Andy Reid is constantly looking ahead. And if there's a game in the regular season, we've seen it time and time. Titans, Bills, Bengals, keep things close to the vest. Don't. Don't get anything out there because, hey, we might see that opponent in the playoffs again. And we see it time and time again in the AFC. This is one that they certainly knew. Hey, we're just going to dink and dunk. We're going to take what the Bengals give us. We're not going to give them anything. Like, if you, you go back and watch that game. It's just like, yeah, Mahomes was efficient. Well, what were they doing? Uh, just taking. 
was there. Andy Reid coming out and being like, okay, this was the game plan. I knew how to beat these guys, but we were saving it for this very moment. I don't think enough is being talked about that because he is an expert at doing that. He does it time and time again. I fully expect that to happen in the same way that they did it to the Bills last year, where they clearly held some stuff back and then unleashed it on them in that divisional round. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. The NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And for the NFL division round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. I love doing the stepped-up same-game parlays. I've been doing the anytime touchdown score parlays. They're always fun, and you always got a chance, as BJ Kissel says. And here's what you got to do. Got to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code KCSN. New customers can bet just $5 on the NFL divisional round and get 200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. People forget the game plan was actually kind of fire. The last in the AFC Championship last time, they got out to a hot start. They did. And then Patrick Mahomes struggled, had the worst half of his career when they started dropping eight. And so, like, yeah, maybe they needed more answers to something they hadn't seen all season. But the the game plan was pretty fire. Uh, they got off to a really, really hot start, and we're scoring a bunch of points. And you talk about Tyree Kill, if he run to the pylon, just runs to the pylon, just make it a foot race. It's literally like we we might be talking about the defending super, the Chiefs trying to defend a Super Bowl right yep. now, and all this Joe Burrow stuff and this Burrowhead stuff doesn't even exist. Yeah, well, but, and people forget before the interceptions last year, before the, the interceptions started, there were two drives ended by drops: mm-hmm. a second and third down drop on the first drive yep. out of halftime, and then a, a Byron Pringle drop on the drive after that. So correct. The the second half, it wasn't even that the offense wasn't working it's just they didn't even get a chance to get going in the yeah. second half because drops killed a couple drives pat made a bad decision to try to force a ball around a defensive lineman and that's where things really started to spiral but it's not like we can definitively say the second half game plan wasn't working yeah there was just drop passes that would have been for first downs correct yeah. uh let's do players to watch on the offensive side of the ball what you got um i'm gonna go Kadarius tony uh we talk about how you know, the Chiefs are going to play a little bit shorter, maybe. Maybe they're trying to be more efficient. And the Bengals are really good at rallying to the football. Like, that's what they do really well on defense. You know who's really good and has great contact balance and can stay up and <laughs> get those extra yards? 
Kadarius Tony. We saw that against the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's why he got the targets that he did. It wasn't necessarily because, hey, we're scheming Kadarius open looks. It was, hey, I'm moving through my progressions. I'm going to get the ball to that guy, and he's going to make the most of it. I fully expect to see more of that. We didn't get to see that in that first game against the Bengals either. So it's something that they can still lean on some of the more efficient stuff and the shorter stuff and still get good results because of a guy like Kadarius Tony. Well, and Tony and Hardman, McCall Hardman right. didn't plan that game. So they didn't have either one of their speedy gadget yards after catch guys. And I think that plays a huge part in what the Chiefs offense is. Like, is whatever you think about those players, those two guys play a, t- a big role in mm-hmm. what that Chiefs offense is going to be. So that's a great one. I'm going to go with Jarek McKinnon. I know a lot of people are going to talk about Isaiah Pacheco a lot for this game. I'm taking both running backs. So I was going get, yeah, I'm taking both of them. Taking both running backs. Get over it, Kent. Uh, yeah. Pacheco for his run game. I think the Chiefs might want to rely on it a little bit. He's been mm-hmm. running the ball well. It's hard to run on the Bengals defensive line. It is. But I think Brett Coleman, when we had him on for the KCSN update, he had a really good idea that just run outside a little bit. The outside zone stuff we didn't want to see last week with the hobbled Mahomes might be better versus the Bengals. Because you're getting away from DJ Reader. The whole point is getting yes, away from I DJ I, Reader. I am on board with that. You're trying thing. to you're trying to pin DJ Reader in. You get you know Pacheco moving in the open field a little bit, and then for Jarek McKinnon, Mike Hill want to come on a blitz and try to make a <laughs> and try to make Patrick Mahomes move. You know how you stop that? You put him on his ass one time with Jarek McKinnon. You go send him into whatever planet that Jaguars linebacker is. Like McKinnon's going to be big in his blitz pickup. He always is. He wasn't involved much in the passing game nope. last week. I think the Jaguars were trying to take him away. Yep. I don't know if the Bengals will focus on him as that hard. I just don't know. I don't know if that'll be a huge emphasis for them or not. So if he's getting free, get him the ball too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, that's where I'm seeing. I see two good big games for both running backs, Kent. I think Jared McKinnon's going to outsnap Isaiah Pacheco this week. Uh, I just think there's... He should. Yeah, I think he will. And just ball security stuff too. You know, just putting some trust in Jared McKinnon, uh, the veteran uh, with pass protection, with the, with the run game a little bit. Like, I'm not saying Isaiah Pacheco's not getting the football. It's just... I just think I could see them leaning a little bit more on Jarek McKinnon this week just to try to put a little bit more trust in the veteran, the guy that's been here, the guy who's been through all this. I think both of the guys you guys have talked about already, or the three guys that you guys have talked about already, those are three of the guys that I'm really focused on ball security with. Um, I think those are three guys that they've got to, you know, I don't think you're getting a Travis Kelsey fumble, but the the turnovers are going to be so important. We didn't really spend a ton of time talking about on the offensive side of the ball, but Ball security, I think, is just going to be so, so crucial for this game. You can't, if you're going to dink and dunk, you have to protect the football. Mm -hmm. And those are the kind of things that can really change the outlook of this football game if the Chiefs don't protect the football. You know, and and that's how, I think that's how a lot of these guys step up on the offensive side of the ball for the Chiefs. Um, We're going to go with Orlando Brown as my player to watch, though. Good choice. um, Because you sold Jerick McKinnon for me. Uh, Can you just take in Pacheco and I could, you know, whatever. You know how much either one of those bench? I'm going with Orlando Brown Jr. Uh, just because it's kind of been a high variance season for him, a little bit up, a little bit down. Obviously, last week was not great uh, in this in the first half of that game, especially uh, some you know almost got injured by a guy that Orlando Brown Jr. was trying to was trying to block. Uh, it's going to be a big game for him. It's going to be a huge, massive test for him. How he responds. I think he understands the gravity of 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 his responsibilities this week. Not that he doesn't always, but this is different. You know, he's got to do everything he can. He's got to sell out to protect his quarterback. He's got to be uh, an efficient mover in the run game. Those are, it's going to be a very important, uh, it's going to be very important for him to play his best game as a chief or his best game this season, I think. Uh, and if he does that, I think the Chiefs are going to win this football game. So my player to watch on the offensive side is Orlando Brown Jr. All right. <sighs> Defensive side of the football, Craig, uh, breathing a sigh of relief. He's very excited. Um, I don't know what, what do you want to what, what's the like if you're picking one thing out what's the one thing you want to you know just like talk about first like what's the highest priority on the defensive side of the ball Steve's getting in his bag let's go yeah no uh, Steve Spagnolo mentioned this week that he was going to get a little more into some exotic coverages like it, basically he, he's he's unloading the clip he is uh, there's no reason to hold anything back now and based on the way the end of the season went from his coverage schemes and everything like that he definitely was yeah. throughout most of the season. Sure. They were just allowing these young players to get comfortable with each other, calling some very basic coverage schemes and not worrying about it. It's like, oh, we got the rest of that. Don't worry about it. And then he comes out towards the end of the year, starts implementing more of it, comes out the very first play of the Jacksonville Jaguars game and runs a cloud coverage with dropping the slot corner 
on a rundown. Like that's a, <laughs> that's a, that is a dime look that he's doing there. Very clearly wanted to put that on tape because he wants Joe Burrow to be thinking about, hey, this guy is dialing everything up. He's putting everything on tape again, where maybe throughout the year, maybe that first matchup, eh, there wasn't a whole lot that they had going on. They're going to play cover two. They're going to play a little two, man. They're going to mix it up a little bit, but it's not going to be much. Now, all of a sudden, over the past five weeks, it has been just all out. Like, he, he has been calling a little bit of everything and putting so much stuff on tape that now Joe Burrow is going to have to have that extra second to think about things. And that is so important in the grand scheme of things, especially with a pass rush that is getting home, which, by the way, hey, pass rush has been pretty good the past five weeks. Yep. Gee, I wonder what the correlation there <laughs> huh. is. But, Weird. you know, putting more on the plate of the quarterback, forcing him to hold the ball just a little bit longer, and then giving your pass rushers the opportunity to go and get him. Joe Burrow is going to want to get the ball out quick. He's going to want to throw short. He's going to want to do all that stuff. That's still going to happen. But on those occasions where he's rotating stuff around, where he's pulling stuff back, he's trying to hit some of these deeper shots, having those coverage looks, having that extra time where they have to think about things is so important this week. So I think that's where you have to start is with the with the coverage stuff against the Bengals. You cannot go out there and run basic stuff versus Joe Burrow. You can't go out there and even if it's not basic, you can't it's run like the, the Bills last week. You can't just go oh run the same goodness. stuff. I, yeah, the Bills defense is designed around execution, passing off zones flawlessly, just playing sound defense. Here's the thing. Every defense is going to have a hole for certain offensive looks. Mm -hmm. And if the Bengals are in that right look, guess who's going to find it every single time? Joe Burrow mm -hmm. is. So you have to it's about changing the picture. You have to change the picture pre-snap and post-snap. And even if it means there's going to be a gap somewhere in your defense versus a potential play call, you have to live with it because there's going to be a hole in every defensive play call that exists. I think the biggest thing that teams, and I think the Chiefs have done this, they get scared to play the Bengals. They're afraid of T. Higgins and Jamar Chase beating them over the top. So instead, they play, they play with their tail between their legs. They play two high coverages, and they try to make sure they're constantly double-teaming these outside vertical receivers. And Joe Burrow this year has evolved his game to the point where he can pick that apart. Mm -hmm. Absolutely no problem, especially if you're giving him that indication before the ball is snapped. Don't be scared. Let them go try their one-on-one -on -one shot and let Jamar Chase make an acrobatic sports center top 10 play. If it happens, it happens. offensive pass interference. If Trent McDuffie boxes him out and pushes him out of bounds, guess what? That happens too. Let him do that. What you can't do is just make it easy. You can't make the seven-yard pass easy yeah. time and time again. So late safety rotations, uh, cloud dropping a slot corner. Just to, Even if Burrow says, oh, I know what that is. I now know this guy over here is going to be open. But guess what? He had to take a second to yep. get there. He had to think about it and process it. I think that's the key is to just make him think. Don't let him just go out there and react. Make him actively have to think with what you do. If you give up a big play, give up a big play. Dan Sorensen is not out there to be X marks the spot. Right. He's not out there. They don't have that guy right now, at least that we know of. Yeah. Who? Just, I think the linebackers. Yeah, but that's, I mean, you're going to target a linebacker for 10 yards versus a 40 yard touchdown. Right. Like, that, that's just, yeah. I, so I just think that's what you have to do. Be willing to give up a big play to make him think on three more plays to get there. Especially when you got a cat blitz coming off of oh, that. We're talking, we're talking blitz soon. Okay, yeah. We're talking okay, blitz yeah, yeah. soon. <laughs> and it doesn't, I, you know, it just, you got to, I think what Spags is so good about is sometimes his decision making doesn't make sense. And that's like kind of like it's a little bit, un, it's unpredictable. Like, I think that's the a, magic. It's not, it doesn't necessarily have to be feast or famine. We're going to just do this every play and just live with the fade. Like, it's just picking your spots. It's yes. picking different spots here and there and just kind of mixing things up. Like, I think that's going to be, you know, it's what you said. It, it doesn't have to always make sense. Like you said, like with, with the first play of the game, you know, and early, you know. But one thing I do think is going to be important is early down defense mm -hmm. because the, the Bengals were living in second and short all oh, day man. against the buffalo or against the buffalo bills and, like, the, and they the were Chiefs. yeah that's true i mean yeah, and, they were. Like, and the thing is i think what's so interesting about the Bengals is they have two different ways to beat you on early downs if they'll let you like they're really good early down offense they're gonna take these easy completions they've got very difficult to tackle receivers that are gonna you know run through contact they're gonna be really difficult to bring down they're gonna turn two yard gains into uh you know into seven yard gains i mean mm -hmm. they did a i think the bengals did a great job i we talked about this early in the week i think the bills game plan and execution was just 
awful, horrendous last week. Like that's why I'm trying not to. Like I'm kind of throwing a lot of that game away. They were terrible. They were worse against the in the snow. They were <laughs> lacking confidence in the snow, and they were just a tick off with trying to you know get their footing, or they were worried about their footing. They played kind of scared and timid. But one thing I did appreciate about the Bengals' offense is how good they were about getting Jamar Chase the football. In, and they did it on some of these early downs. They used him all over the field. They were giving him these short, you know, these short passes, and he was turning them into bigger gains. But like, it's just all of that. It's just you've got to be really good and sound on first down. You can't let a two-yard gain become seven because that's where the that's where the Bills or the Bengals were just feasting and and living very comfortably on those early downs. Well, we got done. I just mentioned Kadarius Tony. You know who's harder to tackle than mm. Kadarius Tony, right? Jamar Chase. Yeah. Like he is ridiculously difficult to bring down on a lot of that short stuff and they have to because they're so good at scheming him up the ball you know lots of bubbles lots of things like that the Chiefs corners have been really good at defending those you miss one tackle though and that guy's going for 8 10 15 like it's going to turn in to a big play so like Maddie's saying you don't want you take some risks you know don't be scared of that deep shot but if you're not going to be scared of that deep shot you have to collapse and force negative plays Force those tackles for it, not even lost one and two yard gains and stay ahead of the sticks all game long because this Chiefs defense, every time that you remember them not playing well, it's because they didn't play well on first and second down. I mean, it's very rare that Spags gets into a third down contest where he's not on point. It does happen, but it's rare. So those first and second downs can Nailed it. That that's very important to this team. Well, I mean, the one way that Joe Burrow is second in the NFL on his time to throw, second shortest time to throw after the snap, and how it's like two point five seconds versus the Bills, is because when you're facing third and three, it's pretty darn easy to get oh, the ball man. out yeah. real fast. Yeah. When you're facing third and seven, third and ten, guess what? Takes a little bit longer. A ten yard route that takes longer to go than a three yard route. It's just it's you know pretty simple. And so that's where the Bengals have been good. And I think this is where it goes into, yeah, the short passing game, getting down to Jamar Chase specifically. I mean, they'll scheme open at yeah, uh, Tyler Higby from time to time or a Mixon or a P. Ryan. Like, they'll get them in space too. But it's really getting the ball to Chase. And then it's the run game. Their run game's yeah, been really good. good lately. It's this backup offensive line, I don't think they're good at pass protecting at all. But I think they're physical. I think they can lean on guys pretty good in the run game right now, especially off the left side with uh, Cordell Volson and Jackson Carmen together. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think those two guys together can do a lot. So the Chiefs' run defense will have to be sound. Doesn't have to be great. Doesn't have to be perfect. Just got to be sound. And it wasn't in the first matchup. Yeah. The Bengals, they will run a lot of different stuff. They uh, they will obviously run a lot of inside zone, but they'll mix in duo one week and then it'll disappear for a couple weeks and it'll come back. They ran a couple of those like wham trap blocks uh, plays mm-hmm. against the Chiefs the first time around, and it had the Chiefs linebackers in a mess, like just absolutely no clue what was happening. Yep. So you had the run defense has to be not great, just sound. You can't get gashed on the ground run after run. So I think that's going to be a part where the linebackers really have to step up. And if you're going to play the run aggressively, you're going to have to be careful without the getting pulled forward by play action when you don't have the most athletic guys there behind it. That was uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, so we're gonna talk about blitzing now. Yeah, no, let's do it. That's fine. Yeah, go for okay. it. If you want to? So, <laughs> I just I got thrown out. I got just like distracted by your yeah great so, takes. I really I like how the Chiefs have adjusted. It, it reverted a little bit with Jacksonville with Legarius Steen was blitzing a lot coming out of the slot. Yeah, but I like how they've adjusted now to where Justin Reed's playing in the box a lot more and bringing a lot of the defensive back pressure in between the tackles. And the reason I like one, I like the mix-up and looks. I like that you have multiple different avenues to bring this secondary pressure coming, but specifically just on how you go about beating it, you want to bring a slot pressure off the edge. It's a little bit easier if you want to throw into it. There's a lot more space out to that sideline to throw into a slot blitz. You want to talk about throwing away from it, the defense is technically going to be rotating away from where the, or towards the pressure to cover that gap. You're going to create space on the opposite side. When all of a sudden that pressure's coming up the middle though, when that pressure's coming from a safety in the box, Throwing into that's a lot more dangerous. You get a lot more bodies. You have defensive tackles yep. that can drop underneath it. You have linebackers driving down. You're not having to replace as far of a distance and cause as big of a full defensive you know, shell rotation. Yeah. So I think that adjustment for the Chiefs was seen as a direct response to how bad Burrow beat the brakes off of them trying to blitz for sure. in that first game. And now I, I really like the read blitz package where he's lined up within the tackles right now. Correct. So. Yeah, yeah. Blitzing through the B gap for him. I mean, it, we've seen it be a little bit delayed some people watching some justin reed blitz and it's like oh man oh uh, he almost had it i wish that would have happened a little faster 
part of that's going to be contained part mm -hmm. of that's you know part of the fit there but it's been very effective he's been a free runner for most of a the lot. time here so i mean very very effective in that regard i'm also testing this with a lot of tech stunts uh, on this offensive line they haven't played together a ton so working off of that and then bringing a blitz as well off of the edge of that this offensive line might be in hell they, they really might we're trying Better to pass be. all that stuff off and samaji p ryan pretty good pass protector pretty good but not great and you can find yourself in scenarios where if it's a guy like willie gay jr or even nick bolton if they're blitzing running through him, making the pocket uncomfortable for Joe Burrow. I can see a lot of instances where, obviously, defensive line is going to want to get their hands up because of you know, Joe Burrow is going to get the ball out quickly. But on those blitzes, make them count. Make that pocket collapse on him. Whether or not you're getting hits on him, that's not necessarily the thing that matters. You want him thinking about, okay, well, last time we did this, this guy was in my face. Mm -hmm. He was right here. And... That's that long that he has now. So now that timer's sped up in his head. Now you've got these coverages that kind of play symbiotically with the way that the front is working. It just all kind of comes together and you can create a better package for getting him uncomfortable. You are listening to KC Sports Network, your home for the best coverage on your favorite local teams. Whether you're a Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, KC Current, K-State, KU, or Mizzou fan, we've got you covered. Find KCSN on your favorite podcast platform. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. I think, uh, and it's not just a blitzing comment. It's just a pressure comment. I think last week was that snow was an equalizer for a struggling offensive line. I, I don't think that offensive line was particularly good the week prior. I don't think that offensive line is as good as what it looked like last week. That Bills defensive line was not and they're, good. They're not good. They, they, well, they were not good, and they weren't playing well. No, like, yeah. it's just a lot of both of those yeah. things. Yeah. And so I, I don't have a ton of confidence that Hakeem Adeniji out on, at the right tackle position is going to you know, be able to play as well as he did last week. I think it'll be – this is, this is kind of going to the pass rush, and that's fine. Let's just do that. Okay. Um, unless you have more on the blitz. I mean, you probably have like no, no, no. 10 I, more minutes on I the blitz. Think, I think you were good to continue on to the thank pass you. rush. I think <laughs> – well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I just think like – I think that this, this pocket is more easily collapsible than it looked last week. And the, and, the, and the Bengals are one week removed from not playing particularly well and needing a Tyler Huntley terrible decision on a QB sneak to go rogue and not follow the, the play call and try to leap from – you know, to, from his body length out mm -hmm. from not winning that game. And the, I think the, the Ravens defensive plan, game plan was good, but that pocket is more collapsible than it looked last week, especially mm -hmm. if there's not going to be any snow out in Kansas City. The Chiefs defensive line's good. Uh, it is playing well. It's better than the one that we saw last week. It's, it's absolutely. Better. And yes. the Chiefs have a game record. They have a game record. Mm -hmm. It's Chris Jones. And Chris Jones, like, he probably he probably would have been the player to watch for all three of us if we really wanted him to. And maybe we'll be a little bit, maybe one of us is still going to use it. I, Maddie probably will. But I just, I think the, I, he, this is a, a game for him to, you know, like we talked about on KCSN, it's just a legacy game for Chris Jones. Mm -hmm. I think that they will move him around a little bit. Um, I think I could see them kind of, they might be they might be Aaron Donalding him a little bit where they're just going to line him over a, a weak point and, or a weak spot in the offensive line and just spam it. Like, this is the week to do that. Oh, absolutely. This is yeah. absolutely the week to go out and just line Chris Jones up somewhere that you think that they can they can attack and go do it. And it could it very well could be a little bit of Hakeem Adeniji there. So what the Bengals have done really well when they play the Chiefs is they constantly put their slide to Chris Jones. Mm -hmm. um, so he doesn't always get that easy one-on-one -on -one matchup. They really do slide into yeah. him a lot. And when they think pressure's coming, they are not hesitant to call max protect. Yep. They will happily run three-man routes and just try to protect Joe Burrow and trust their guys to get open. You know, they kind of do a lot. So yeah. that's the trick for the Chiefs. If you're going to blitz a lot and the Bengals are countering you with max protect, 
whether you're blitzing or not at that time, the numbers are even, your pass rush has to win. And if Chris Jones is getting doubled a lot, like, yeah, he can still win. He can still put his stamp on the game then, but other guys have to win along the line too. And so I, I don't think it's impossible for Chris Jones to have a big, put his, you know, a mark on this game, have other guys to win along that pass rush. Just, I think it goes hand in hand with the blitz in that the Bengals have a lot of times where they will pick it up, or at least in the past, they have picked yeah. up the Chiefs blitzes as well. They've double teamed Chris Jones and forced other guys to beat them. And when you don't create that pocket movement, Joe Burrow's fine to sit back there and piece you up. So I think it's big. I think this all still revolves around what Craig started with. You got to get the early down stop. So if the ball's coming out in two and a half seconds, it doesn't matter what the defensive yeah. line's doing. The defensive line can be great. Two and a half seconds is quick. It's quick. That ball's out. It doesn't matter if Chris Jones beats his double team or not. Like yeah. he can still infect, impact some plays, but not enough to right. change the game. So it's just, there's a lot of things that have to go, not right, but the Chiefs have to do well for mm -hmm. the pass rush to really take over like it did last week. But I think they have the, they have the things in there. Another thing. Sim pressures. Oh, you want to get Chris Jones not having to deal with so many double teams with a slide to him? Occupy a center. Occupy a guard by getting Justin Reed sitting right there next to him after he's blitzed a couple times. Try to coax them into max protecting, and then when you drop out, they either have extra guys and wasted players, or you finally force the Chris Jones one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, and another element of this pass rush that we haven't talked a ton about, and we do talk a ton about <laughs> in the KCSN Discord, is the type of rusher that Steve Spagnuolo prefers. Guess what's the perfect game for the type of rusher that Steve Spagnuolo prefers? This is the exact <laughs> type of rusher that got the Bengals when they were playing against the Ravens. Yeah. Going through yep. the tackles, playing with power, collapsing the pocket. That's what these guys do well. That's what Frank Clark does well. That's what George Karloftis does well. That's what Carlos Dunlap does well. That's what Mike Dana does well. Like, you're just going to have these guys... I'm not going to be shocked if we just see them bull rush all game long. Yep. Just all game long. And test Akeem Adeniji. Test these guys to anchor and stop a big power rusher. It made Joe Burrow so uncomfortable. That's mm -hmm. why they played so poorly in that second half. A lot of stuff on the back end that they were doing. They were mixing it up. Joe had to hold on the ball just a second longer. And now that pass rush is getting home through players. And I think that there's a ample opportunity to do that once again with these defensive ends. All right, players to watch on the defensive side of the football. What you got? I'm going Frank Clark. I mean, yeah, I, I like it. Yeah, Chris Jones is the obvious one there, but Frank Clark, he's just here. He's here in the playoffs, and he has a chance to have a yet another big game in the playoffs for the Chiefs rushing the passer. We know that Joe Burrow is going to get the ball out quick. We know that the opportunities are going to be limited. We know that it's going to take something special to bring him down. Frank Clark just does that stuff in the playoffs. He's a different player. That's what he does. I fully expect that he's going to be a handful for whoever he's lined up against all game long, whether that is with the power or around the edge with the speed that he does have. I think that there are going to be opportunities. I think he gets another playoff sack for this team. I really do. I'm going to go with Willie Gay. Uh, he came out, said he wasn't impressed with anything about mm. the Bengals offense. Um, you know what? I'm fine with it. I know some, some of you guys can't, you don't like it really. If, he, like it. if he's going to say that about 30 other teams, then why not say it about the Bengals? Don't change who you are. Don't change your stripes because you're scared of the fraud goals. Just don't give a, them anything. That's a losing mentality. Only if you're, team that's been talking if you're losing, this. if you're changing who you are, that's a losing mentality going to the game. If he would have answered that he's not impressed with any other team, then answer it the same for this game, in my opinion. Okay. But going with him, because the linebackers were terrible the first time around. Bad. They were bad. And I think Nick Bolton can certainly play better. I think if Leo Chanel has to go out there and play in a base defense, he can definitely play better too. I just, Willie Gay's the one guy that has this high-end dynamic athletic ability. He's the one guy that if I do see plays happening, whether it's as a blitzer, whether it is in coverage, flashing out to the flats on a running back, he's the one guy I can see really making a super dynamic play. And I think a couple of those, a couple flashy plays versus the run or the quick pass really set the Bengals as we talked about with early down offense, but also their game plan, it sets them back a half step. And I think that matters a lot. Taking up some of that, the times where they have him kind of spy and just hop around the line of scrimmage trying to jump up and deflect balls, mm -hmm. he's really good at doing that. Ball's coming out quick, 
Maybe he doesn't have to blitz if he's going to be picked up. A guard wants to set to take his gap away. That's fine. Just try to jump up and bat the ball down. So I think there's a lot of avenues for him to put a stamp on this game. He made some big plays the last AFC Championship game, if I remember correctly. He had a pretty he had a pretty good uh, performance the last time in this game, uh, specifically against the Bengals. I was actually going to go with the whole linebacker room. I was going to kind of Maddie answer. I was going to do it, but I wanted to be nice and save you, Bolton. I almost did. Well, it, it, you kind of hit on Bolton a little bit. I know. Too, there too. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Jalen Watson. So you know, this is a guy with the length outside that can really challenge some of these passing lanes, some of these outside the number throws. Um, he's physical, like you guys talked about. He's active in the run game. He's a guy that can make some things really difficult out there on the edge. I think th- th- he's gonna get tested a little bit this week. Um, just, I mean, that that's one of the guys that I, I could see them challenging. I know he made a big play last week, but. Mm-hmm. Um, Go challenge a rookie, especially since you've got such elite talent at the receiver position and a guy like Jamar Chase. I think Jalen Watson's going to get tested at some times. I think if the Chiefs are going to try to do some of the things that you're trying to, we've been talking about today, Jalen Watson's going to have to have a pretty big performance. He's going to have to have a good game. You know, you're going to have to live with some of these attempts at some explosive plays. Jalen Watson can't get caught trying to tackle Jabbar Chase. He's got to try to play, you know, man, he's got to play man for man there and try to win at the catch point, like Steve Spagnuolo talked about in his press conference. He's going to have to be. I think they're going to challenge him. I think they're going to test him. Uh, and it's going to be on him to, you know, be consistent at the catch point, be consistent playing the man, playing the ball, and not turning a uh, Joe, not bailing Joe Burrow out for trying to, yeah. to, to throw one of those fades outside the numbers. I, I still I don't care. I don't think it's an 80 20 ball out there. Screw that. It's still a 50 50 kind of thing. So um, it's going to be 50 50 this week. And Jalen Watson's got to go out there and uh, he's got to play well. So let's go to, uh, let's go to prediction time. Okay. You know, the Bengals are going to try and shorten this game. That's what they do. It's not just the Chiefs that they do that to. Yep. They've done it to everybody. Yep. They they play a lot of eight, nine possession games. And that's because they are so efficient and so effective at what they do. I don't think that's going to be the case this week. I think Steve Spagnuolo is going to throw everything at him. I think that he's going to try and blitz. I think he's going to throw lots of coverages at him. I think this pass rush is going to try and heat him up. And I think that these drives are not going to be five and six yard chunk plays. I think it's either stops or scores. And I think quicker scores because of blown coverages and things like that. I think there's going to be more stops than there are scores. And I have full faith that Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Eric Bieniemy, and Matt Nagy have been scheming up exactly what they need to beat this Bengals team. Nobody wants to beat this team more than the individuals in that building. Hell, Matt Nagy just got here, and he might want it more <laughs> than a lot of people. The Chiefs are going to come out. They're going to play good football. They're going to take care of the ball. They're not going to take this team lightly, and they're going to continue to keep the pedal down all game long. Bengals have not scored over 28 points in a playoff game with Joe Burrow. They're not going to again. It's because he's not better than Patrick Mahomes. Mm. I got the Chiefs 35, Woo! Bengals 24. Woo! Ooh. So last year we went into we were here in Las Vegas. Yes, we were. We were going into this game, the Chiefs versus the Bengals, and Arrowhead. We were over at the Blue Diamond Saloon here in Las Vegas. I think we all felt really confident. Really, real good. That game started. We felt real really good. <laughs> You're going through. You even get to halftime, and there's the falter with the Tyree kill tackle. Don't care. You're confident the Chiefs are the Chiefs are beating that tar out of the Bengals. Like They're, a drum, some would say. Like a drum. Some would say. So that's what's happening. And then the second half happens. And the pressure builds. And you start to get nervous. And then the worst of the worst happens and they lose. And it was extremely deflating because it was a true upset. Nobody true. thought the Mingles were going to yes. win. It didn't look like they should win. We as Chiefs fans were shocked. And it, it sucked. Regular season comes around this, this year. We all think the Chiefs are going to be out for revenge. We think they're going to come out on a 26 and just put it on the Bengals because they want this because of all the smack talk over the past year the Bengals have done. The Bengals wanted it more. The Bengals mm-hmm. came out of that game, and they it, wanted it more than the Chiefs, and they played like they wanted it more, and that really sucked. And so now leading up to this game, you got Burrowhead talk. You got people talking about smoking packs and people saying, I'm him after throwing wide-open plays. This fraudulent football team <laughs> has absolutely no shot to go into what they are calling Burrowhead and come away with a fourth straight victory against the Kansas City Chiefs. Absolutely, it's not happening. They are frauds. They are so shook. They are signing guys off the Chiefs' potential practice squad that were going to be called up in the game. That is an act of desperation from a fraudulent franchise. The Chiefs win this game 31-27 to 27 mm. over the Fraudgles. 
Oh, I don't know if I'm going to go Rand. I don't think Rand's coming out. You guys are going to try to goad it out of me. No. Um, I just, you know. Do it. I don't know if it's going to come out. But Which team do you think has somebody that can bench press the most? Uh, Brandon Williams is a cheat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so boy, it's Brandon Williams versus DJ Reader, right? Yeah. yeah, it's Brandon Williams. It's Brandon Williams. I agree. So, so they win. There's something about like there's something about the Mahomes era where there were so many pinch me moments when he first got in here, right? Where he like you couldn't believe what you were watching. You couldn't believe that a player this good existed, and you couldn't believe a player this good was a Kansas City Chief. And there was just so many things about the first two years. There was just so many pinch me moments where you couldn't believe what you were seeing. Where Mahomes in his second year as a starting quarterback wins a Super Bowl. Where he carries a football team in his first real year all the way to the AFC Championship game. And you know nothing less than an AFC Championship game still at home. At home. At home under Patrick LeVon Mahomes. There's been a lot that's happened since then. There's, there's, there's a come down where I don't think fans are able to really have those pinch me moments very often anymore. Because he is like the normalization of greatness that we've been talking about forever. He makes these things look so easy. He does so many amazing things where you just kind of, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, we know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you can only see so many amazing things so many times and not just become a little numb to it. And then you get this week. And you get this opportunity where the emotions of this fan base, the emotions of this football team, seeing this team fall apart last year in the AFC championship game where Mahomes has one of his worst performances of his career. And you're, you're faced with some adversity, you know, different kinds of adversity than you ever had where Mahomes has a high ankle sprain where you're, you know, you're, you're worried about whether or not he's going to be able to move because he was gutting it out, barely able to move in the second half of last week's game. And this is setting up the way this is the, the Bengals being favorites for most of the week. Now it's coming back a little bit, but fraudulent you, favorites continue fraudulent favorites. I just, I look at this game and I say, this is one of those opportunities for a pinch me moment. Mm-hmm. Mahomes on a bad ankle exercises the demons of the one guy that's had his number and had this team's number for a right to go back to the Super Bowl. I just, I think this is a chance. This is building up for a chance for him to give us one of those moments that we take for granted and not because we don't appreciate him because it's impossible not to because of how good he is. I think you're getting an elite performance from Patrick Mahomes on a bum ankle. And then Kansas City Chiefs fans get to run their mouth for the next calendar year. All these stupid narratives that people are already trying to put on Patrick Mahomes get him. don't get to happen because Patrick Mahomes on a bum ankle shut up the entire state of Ohio, what? shut up the Cincinnati Bengals, shut up, shut up Eli Apple. If, if Joe Burrow actually taught, I mean, whatever Joe Burrow's thinking, he doesn't get to think anymore. Get him. I'm ugh. like a drug. I, I despise the Cincinnati Bengals. I despise them. I despise the stupid narratives we have to put up with. I despise the luck that they've got. And I think it ends on Sunday in the AFC Championship game. I think Patrick Mahomes exacts his revenge, gives all Chiefs fans the ability to gloat, the ability to puff their chest out again. And I think this is a moment that reinvigorates the next wave of Chiefs players, the next Chiefs core, into the start of of a dynasty run where we get to start talking about this in a very tangible way. I think the Chiefs are winning this week, and I think they're winning in two weeks against whoever they line up against in the Super Bowl. And we will be here to talk about the Chiefs advancing to the Super Bowl this week. Thank y'all. Chiefs win 31-20. Let's go. We'll talk to you after a Chiefs victory. Like a drum. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. 
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.